Hi, friends, and welcome to Screen Vomit, the only movie podcast for normal people. I'm, of course, your host, Kayla. And before I get to my guest today, um, I have an announcement. Guess what? I have merch, baby. Pal of the Pod, past guest Frank OK, designed me the coolest little movie-loving creature And I've got links in my bios on everything and in the show notes here to merch for that. So I have, I got it on those sites where they have like, uh, you can put it on a shirt or a mug or a sticker or whatever the heck you want. You know, they got shower curtains. I don't know. So if you want to shower and look at a cool little puking creature, hit up those links, baby. And if you like the show, you can follow me everywhere at Screen Vomit, one word on all the things, Instagram, everywhere else. You can support the show on Patreon, patreon.com slash screenvomit. I got some bonus episodes there, bonus content. Leave me a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and share. If you like the show, share it. That helps. All right, let's get to my guest today. So my guest today is a comedian, filmmaker. You can see her on HBO Max, Adult Swim, etc. She also wrote and directed a cool short called John Tarzan, starring Pal of the Pod, Demorge Brown. And she recently came out as a trans woman. And you know what? We love a gender journey. So joining me today, it's Max Beasley. Yeah, I mean, people are always wanting eyes on their stuff, especially mm-hmm. for like shorts and things like that. It's hard to get people to care. Yeah, that's what I hear. Um, <laughs> I feels like a big waste of time <laughs> most of the time making a short film. You think so? In my experience, yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, the main thing you get from it is it, the experience of doing it, I think. Yeah. But in terms of like recognition and like, doing anything for your career it's not in my you're sure it's also unlisted so well yeah because i'm <laughs> submitting it to fests and stuff mm, mm-hmm. and a lot of them frown upon having it online i guess that's fair by having it be unlisted i kind of have a loophole where i'm like it's not public but mm-hmm. if you have the link it's public so but yeah it's like even if it wasn't if you, even if it was listed which it will be at some point, it's like... You haven't been able to live the glory for? yet. <laughs> <laughs> I've had shorts it, I've had shorts released publicly before and like, you know, your mom sees it. <laughs> <laughs> the people who are involved in it might, might see it. Mm-hmm. Somebody will watch it. I don't know. I'm starting a revolution. I'm getting people to watch shorts. Yeah, I'm forcing people to watch shorts sometimes. <laughs> I, d- I don't understand how you got interested in short films in the first place. Um, have you seen the film Relaxer? Uh, no, but I know of it. I did that film for the pod a couple years ago now. A few people involved in that film have short films of their own. Um, Andre Highland, you probably know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jackson Ezinga and the filmmaker Joel Petrakis, they all have uh, short films. And so when I was doing research for that movie, I watched some of their shorts, all mm-hmm. of their shorts, actually, uh, as part of my research. So I watched them and I was like, um, this is actually the sickest shit I've ever seen. Why are people not watching shorts? Why am I not watching yeah. shorts? Um, they actually rock. And I was like, I mean, short films are like anywhere between 30 seconds to 30 minutes, which is like yeah. can be very short amount of time. Right. And I was like, I have that amount of time in a day to be watching sure. something. That's I'm, true. It is I'm watching easier. bullshit all day anyway. 
much easier to watch a 15-minute short film than like a feature film. Yeah, or even than a TV show. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people are sitting down and watching shows for like episodes after episodes after yeah. episodes. And those are sometimes like 45 minutes an hour long episodes. And it's like, True. how about you watch a short film instead? You're in, you're out, you're done, bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> True, <laughs> so. yeah. I mean, I think... The production value on shorts is not always as high mm. because a lot of people don't have a lot of money, you know, mm -hmm. myself included. Like you're kind of trying to make something with what you got. Mm -hmm. And I think it's hard to get people to watch something that isn't like professional a lot of I the guess time. I it can be. I find that interesting though because I think short films are a lot more accessible to a variety of creators and people who aren't yeah. financially even able to create you know a huge high production thing yeah. um, but that creatively have something really fascinating to say or to do or yeah, whatever I agree with that so I think it's really interesting to see the different ways you know people utilize that creativity in such a short amount of time. Also. It is. And mm -hmm. I've definitely seen shorts that inspire me. Honestly, Earache mm -hmm. is uh, one, one of my favorites. One of the best shorts of all time. Yeah. <laughs> like, seriously, it is. Yeah, I'm not um, joking. <laughs> I've told Alex that's a perfect short. I've said it yeah, on this pod at least twice. <laughs> it really is amazing. I'm like, mm -hmm. I watched that, I think, right before we filmed my movie with the Morge, and I was like, well, fuck. I, <laughs> How are you able to keep filming? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I feel like I would see that and be like, well, I'm never going to be able to do that. <laughs> oh, I didn't. I just did something much weirder and less uh -huh. uh, accessible <laughs> somehow. Oh, <Hell> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was just so lucky to have the Morch do the favor for me because he is such King. a legend. Absolutely. Without him, I couldn't have, I wouldn't have made that movie. For the people listening at home, I have a short called John Tarzan that stars the Morch Brown, who is an actor who I feel like a lot of LA people know mm -hmm. um, and respect. Mm -hmm. And he's like celebrated and professional and that's all he does for a living, you know? And like my whole goal with that movie, I wrote it specifically for him was to just showcase him. And celebrate him. And celebrate him. <laughs> my, yeah. yeah, like it wasn't about me. It was all about, I just want to see Demorge do this and uh you just want be, to see demorge go off hell yeah be weird and cool and <laughs> bad and uh that's all anyone wants really <laughs> yeah he's, i just he's want to watch demorge doing the thing uh-huh he's the man hell yeah i mean if anyone's ever seen just any random short film demorge is probably in it <laughs> yeah i mean he really is like constantly working it's crazy I know. Um, and his process is really intense he's not like method but he does go to like great lengths, even for something like my movie, which is like very low budget and is like my first non-student short, you know, he like fully put himself into it, which was pretty amazing. He never half asses. No. And he's excited about everything he does, it seems like. It's interesting that you're saying that because um, Nicolas Cage is similar. I just read yeah, okay. a book mm -hmm. about him called Age of Cage that kind of chronicles his whole career. Oh, yeah. And every role that he, like, he is adamant in saying that even when he was doing, like, so-called paycheck gigs, like the VOD stuff mm -hmm. to get out of IRS debt and all that, like, he still gave 100% effort and, like, had to find something in the script that, like, called to him to play it. Mm -hmm. And, like, I think that's something people don't realize about him specifically. 
basically like Nick Cage is that like he is always putting in the work and not half-assing it, which even in something like the movie we're going to talk about, I think you can see. Mm -hmm. I've also seen that quote. I don't know if I fully believe it, but I'd say I believe it most of the time. (laughs) Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, I am definitely like... (laughs) A Nick Cage stan. Like yeah, he's me too. My favorite actor, and I think that I wouldn't he say is my like, favorite, but I'd say I respect the man, and I'd see most yeah. things that he's in. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I I personally think he's like probably our best living actor. Yeah, I do, and I know that that's like a very hot take, but <laughs> if you watch him in like Pig or Bringing Out the Dead or Wild at Heart, like he just has something that like nobody else has and he doesn't have to do like the Jared Leto bullshit to achieve it. You know? True. Yeah. He's even in something like Valley girl, which I just rewatched. He's like so charismatic and Mm -hmm. like just immediately you're drawn to him from the first moment you see him. Well, Valley girl, especially though, like he has the cool hair, he has his real teeth and we don't get to see those very often. Yeah. (laughs) And, and unplucked eyebrows. (laughs) I wish we could have kept the teeth. He, uh, yeah, God, he did wear fake teeth in Peggy Sue got married. Really? I don't think I've seen that one. So in the book, because it was directed by, Francis Coppola, his uncle. So mm-hmm. he wanted to dispel like nepotism uh, rumors on set. And so every direction that Francis Coppola gave him, he did the opposite of. <laughs> oh, yeah. He like bleached his hair, wore <laughs> fake teeth, did like a uh, pokey from Gumby voice. Incredible. Mm-hmm. And it's like so insane because that movie is just like a very normal, like coming of age <laughs> fantasy movie. And then uh-huh. he's just like insane in it. <laughs> I respect that's kind that. of, kind of awesome. Yeah, like I, I really it. respect a guy who can go from something like that that's like so maximal to something mm-hmm. like this movie we're going to talk about where he literally doesn't speak once. Yeah. We'll get into it, but I definitely thought he was the best part of the movie. Yeah, <laughs> he's probably the only reason this movie got made. Yeah. Should we just, should we get into it? We can, yeah. Okay, hell yeah. You selected the movie for this week, which was the 2020 film <sighs> Willy's Wonderland. So yeah. you have picked this and why? <laughs> well, I hadn't seen it. Uh-huh. Um, if I had seen it, I probably would not have picked it. <laughs> but I'm glad I saw it, I think. Uh-huh. I don't know. I had been meaning to see it. I had just read that Age of Cage book. I was in like Nick Cage mode. Uh-huh. And uh I thought I'd give it a shot. I had heard that he doesn't say anything in the whole movie. And I thought oh, so that you that knew that going in? Yeah. Okay. What Did you um, know anything else going in? I mean, everybody knew there's animatronics and that kind yeah, of thing. But did you know? I, did you have spoilers? I knew that it was Nick Cage in Five Nights at Freddy's, <laughs> <laughs> which sounds great on paper. Uh-huh. But we may have notes on the execution. I didn't know that Beth Grant was in it, but I like mm-hmm. Beth Grant. And I didn't know that they were going to use Freebird <laughs> at the end. Which oh, yeah. And you're a big 70s head. In my opinion, was awesome. <laughs> and almost made up for the rest of the movie. <laughs> the scene with Freebird They can do was anything awesome. as long as they put Freebird in it. But then they immediately they immediately destroy any goodwill that that scene created <laughs> with more stupid bullshit. <laughs> Oh, yeah. (laughs) No. Well, I hadn't seen this movie either, but it had been on my list for a long time. I'm kind of glad we got to it, at least because that new Nick Cage movie is coming out. And I feel like it's a good idea to just see 
as much of his crap as possible. Before yeah, that. totally. <laughs> I, I don't know what all films are going to be referenced in that, but I'm thinking a lot, all the hits at least, right? Yeah, probably, you know, your face off, National Treasure, probably all of his big shit. And then I think that they do have like a leaving Las Vegas scene in it. And but I don't. I don't think that this one will make the cut. You don't think so? <laughs> I don't know. There were several years um, of my youth where I had a huge cardboard cutout of Nick Cage's hand holding the torch from National Treasure um, on dope. my wall of my house as decoration. <laughs> That's very dope. I like that. Yeah, National Treasure, this also might be a hot take, but I think the second one is, is superior to the first one. I don't think I saw the second one. Oh, you're in for a treat. What? Wait, what are some of your fave Nick Cage's? Bringing Out the Dead is definitely mm-hmm. his I haven't seen that one. Best. Oh, it's so good. It's like Paul Schrader, Martin Scorsese. Mm-hmm. Super great. That one is definitely up there. Pig is amazing. Mm-hmm. Wild at Heart, I love. But I, you know, I love Nicolas Cage in anything, honestly. He's just so awesome. He has such an extensive (laughs) filmography. And very, very varied also. Yeah, we never know where he's going to go. And you know what? I love that too. He's unpredictable. The Croods franchise. (laughs) (laughs) And then like Mandy. (laughs) Mandy, Color Out of Space is also great. Mm -hmm, He mm -hmm. he goes full freak out mode in that one. Yeah. Yeah, I think Mandy was really a resurgence for him, too. Mm -hmm. I think he's really popped off since it was a turning point. I like that filmmaker Panos Cosmatos. Mm -hmm. He did Beyond the Black (laughs) Rainbow also. Yeah. (laughs) Like you put a little flair on it. (laughs) I just like talking weird. Are you Italian? (laughs) No, uh, my partner's Italian, though. Maybe it's rubbing off on me. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, Panos is cool. Beyond the Black Rainbow is real cool. He's working on a new movie now, too. He's got a new one coming out. He's mm-hmm. a big weirdo. Mm-hmm. His dad yeah. directed Tombstone. His dad directed one of my favorite creature features. And now I can't think of what it's called. <laughs> oh, it's the underwater one, right? No, it's about a giant rat of unknown origin. Yes, I've heard of that. Oh, it's so good. It's a great film. Great directing. Is it really? Yeah, I love it. I'm serious. Okay. All right. <laughs> Watch it. <laughs> it's about one giant rat. It's about a guy who gets a rat in his house and it drives him insane. <laughs> sure. I get that. And it rocks. I had yeah. a rat in my house one time. It was sucked. I haven't had rats, but I've had mice and raccoons. Oh. And yesterday I had a scary bug. So that's also. I, yeah, I don't fuck with bugs. <laughs> okay. So moving on, the critic scores for this film, I'll say. They're not great. <laughs> They're shockingly high, though. You think so? 60% on Rotten Tomatoes? I think 60 is very generous. <laughs> it might be. And then we got 44% from Google users, so that's a little more. That's still generous. You think so? I think so. <laughs> I think this movie had a lot of pre-fandom just from people who love Nick Cage or love Five Nights at Freddy's. Sure. Um, so before it even came out, there was some biases in play. I mean, the premise sounds great. Yeah. And that's a lot of the reason why I picked it. Back in the day when I saw the trailers or the posters and crap, yeah, you go, this looks sick. Uh, right. What could go wrong? <laughs> what could go wrong? Uh, I will say, I think that this movie might be my lowest rated movie on Letterboxd ever. Wow, ever. <laughs> I'm serious. I don't really rate movies low very often. I'm pretty mm-hmm. generous with my rating. You're a lover, not a hater. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm sorry. It's my fourth lowest. Wow, so score. you've lied. 
So what are the other three? We got to know now. <laughs> uh, we got Leap Year starring Amy Adams. <laughs> okay, never seen it. I gave that one star. Mm-hmm. It's just a horrible, horrible movie. It's a romantic comedy, which I typically love every mm-hmm. romantic comedy. But you this love one love. Is, mm-hmm. This one's just trash. Okay. Year One, starring Jack Black. Oh, okay. I remember this. I saw this in theaters. Comedy. Uh (laughs) I too saw it in theaters and as a 13-year-old, and uh, I walked out after 10 minutes, and I never (laughs) have walked out of a movie, ever. (laughs) And wait, so you um, went back and thought, man, when I was 13, I saw this movie, and it sucked. I tried rewatching it a couple times oh, on like okay. Netflix. Okay, so there was a rewatch. <laughs> and I never made it the whole way. Imagine being in your mid 20s and just being like, man, when I was 13, I saw this movie and it pissed me off. I'm going on letterbox.com right now and talking about it. I mean, I kind of did, <laughs> but I did try to rewatch it later and it was just as bad. Okay. And we'll then the like third it. the third one is the most controversial one, I would say. Okay. The third movie I gave one star is Deadpool 2. I did see that in theaters. I don't remember a single thing about it. So <laughs> I think that says one star in itself. <laughs> it was, I mean, yeah, it's not for me. If it brings you joy, that's fine. But it's not for yeah, me. Yeah, I don't remember loving the Deadpool movies either. But I think a lot of people don't love them. They're just very edgelordy. Yeah, absolutely. Too much cussing. Very cringy humor. Way too much cussing and violence. I feel like such a prude lately because I I keep saying things have too much cussing in them. (laughs) But sometimes they do. (laughs) I don't know. That that part doesn't bother me, but it's just the... Okay, so I am a prude. You're leaving me in the dust. (laughs) No, you're you're allowed to think movies have too much cussing. (laughs) Did you see the Foo Fighters movie? No. Did that have too much cussing? Yeah, it did. (laughs) Too much cussing and too much flipping the bird. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Every scene's like, fuck this fucking house, guys. Am I fucking right? birds <laughs> Foo fighters love flipping the bird yeah it just felt very like hey i'm a cool dad in my late 40s yeah, totally <laughs> they fucking do flipping birds Jesus. no <laughs> i probably dick. won't watch that <laughs> this fucking movie man God. <laughs> the more i think about it it's just nonsense <laughs> okay i have a little bit of backstory on how this film came to be. Okay. The writer of this film, Geo Parsons, he was trying very hard to catch his big Hollywood break. (laughs) So that's kind of where this starts. He has said in articles that he would edit himself into TV shows. He's the type of guy who would deliver pizzas with a headshot um, type stuff. Oh, and no. he, he would pay to have showcases for his work and pay people to come um, oh. and still not get anywhere. <laughs> so this is the type of fellow we're this starting with. Not a good start. <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah. So in 2016, he made a proof of concept short called Wally's Wonderland that he starred in as the main guy and just started sending it around everywhere with his feature script, posted his feature script on like a script judging website. And it seemed to like get some some votes on the script judging website because the script that turned into this movie got some votes (laughs) yes okay i think because of the five nights at freddy's similarities because five nights at freddy's has a big following it seems like i'm no gamer um okay but it's a very popular video game yeah (laughs) but you know (laughs) i can't imagine the script for this being 
any good at all. On paper? <laughs> Mm-mm, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's one of those things where the dialogue reads better than it sounds. Maybe, but I'm going to say I doubt it. <laughs> Sometimes when you type dialogue, it sounds good on paper, but when you say it out loud, it sounds like crap. So it got in the hands of this casting director who says to the writer, like, look, I know you're doing this so that you can become famous and advance your career. However, I think if you gave this to Nick Cage, it could be special. And so (laughs) they gave it to Nick Cage and he read it over the weekend and was like, hell yeah, let's do this. Right. And apparently Nick Cage also throughout the production stuck up for the script and wouldn't let anybody make changes to it and was like, no, I'm doing Geo's script. And we're not changing this. So, Except for the fact where he said he didn't want to have any dialogue. Well, there never was dialogue for him. However, Gio did toy around with the idea of adding one line somewhere. And I'll expose the line when we get to it. Oh, no. <laughs> but Nick Cage fought for no, keep it silent. But it always was silent because the writer of the script who anticipated also starring in the movie was just kind of hellbent on making this movie so he thought that he was going to have to potentially be the guy who like is starting the recording on the camera and then running in and doing the action so you didn't want to learn any lines Uh (laughs) uh-huh okay Okay. that would be too much well you know i i really don't even know what dialogue there would be for that character yeah i think keeping it silent may have been a good idea totally i wish the rest of the characters didn't have dialogue too Just a completely silent film. That That could be sick. If they just played Freebird on a loop (laughs) as the audio for this movie and had no dialogue, it'd be way, it'd be a five star movie. (laughs) It'd be closer to five stars, probably. Uh, It wouldn't be a five star movie. Some of the visuals in this movie are also ass. Yeah. horrendous yeah um okay so yeah that initial script was written in 2016 this wasn't filmed until 2020 so there was like some time in between there and it was finished just in time for covid in fact i think this film started covid (laughs) so yeah they escaped and they spread their disease (laughs) yeah everyone who watched the movie this is like the most red box ass movie i've ever seen in my life (laughs) (laughs) that needs to be a pull tag for the poster it's seriously like, <laughs> oh, God. It does feel... Okay, so the director of this film, Kevin Lewis, um, has only directed like a handful of like underground horror films no one's ever heard of, plus okay. one Playboy movie, okay, called okay. Malibu Spring Break. Sure, <laughs> um, yeah. He's an auteur. Yeah, he's an auteur. Yeah. Um, but when he directed this film had not directed a film since 2007. So this was yeah, made in tell. 2020. 13-year <laughs> gap. This movie <laughs> for... seems like it came out in 2007. Yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> Editing-wise, especially. And visuals, yeah. Well, like, the visuals are interesting because I think sometimes there's something there. Like, I like the coloring, the way the coloring is, where it's kind of really dark, but then any colors that are around are extremely vivid. And they're kind of um, spotted in. I think that that's interesting. The lens flares, I could do without. Sure. Um, I think they were going for like the Mandy yeah. thing of like neons, blood soaked. They're not even cage. close to Mandy. No. <laughs> Let's be clear. <laughs> but I do think the way the colors were used is interesting. I personally did not enjoy the coloring of the movie. I thought it was way overcolored. Mm-hmm. at the same time being undercolored, if that makes sense. <laughs> 
Like it you think it was of, overcolored underlit? Yeah, maybe so. It mm-hmm. it looked like it was way too color corrected, but that also they hadn't done color correction yet. Well, I think another issue is that there are way too many lens flares. There's they, so many digital they were lens obsessed flares. Obsessed with the lens. I, the, a lot of the lens flares were practical. They were very proud oh, really? of the lens flares. Yeah, they got a regular JJ Abrams <laughs> over there. Yeah, but they were excessive. And I actually, so I watched this twice. Oh, and no. I know. <laughs> well, because we were behind the scenes we were supposed to record a week yeah, ago and there was a reschedule involved so i had already watched it for that and then i was like well it's been like a week and something since I've i seen need it. a refresher i need a refresher because i've already forgotten much did of it. <laughs> you enjoy it more or less <laughs> watching it again less much less even okay. Okay, <laughs> and like sure. i will say i didn't i wasn't uh super impressed the first time sure. and watching it again i was like god this is not good no it's, <laughs> it's not, good. not good no it's not <laughs> i laughed okay so i laughed very hard out loud in the first second of the movie starting when uh-huh. the first production logo came on screen and underneath it said a chicken soup for the soul company wow so i did not recall seeing this and honestly was probably on my phone <laughs> So Chicken Soup for the Soul produced this movie, which is That's actually incredible. (laughs) I actually love that. I laughed so hard when that happened. Man, Chicken Soup for the Soul was such a moment in culture. (laughs) Yeah, I definitely read one. I just remember all the stories being about like dogs or cancer (laughs) or dogs with cancer. (laughs) The three genders. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, um, I never read one, but I feel like there was uh, many years of my my youth yeah. that they were just on everybody's desk at school, you know? And now they're transitioning into making terrible low-budget movies. <laughs> this movie doesn't even have a <laughs> genre. Well, like, it's, it's not in the killer animatronics movie. genre. Right. But you don't it's think not it's scary. Horror? No. You don't think it's horror because you don't think personally that it's scary, or you don't think it's horror because you don't think it's horror? Well... <laughs> I, get easy, I get very easily scared and frightened mm-hmm. by movies. Mm-hmm. I'm not like a big horror guy. I enjoy it, but I'm very selective with the kind of horror I see. And I never really watch horror like this. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were no scares. What? What were? Where were the scares? <laughs> there was like a couple jump scares, but even they weren't effective. It's not that type of horror. That's all. It's a slasher. Okay. I know, but I've seen a lot of slashers, <laughs> and slasher movies are scary. It's a slasher, but actually um, more innovative than that, because... <laughs> okay. <laughs> the person who's supposed to be the victim turns out to be... The slasher. The badass? Yeah, the slasher. <laughs> Our slasher is actually a hero instead of a villain. I so it actually it a... turns the genre on its head. <laughs> sure, I get it was a slasher, but... Uh... The main thing that made it a slasher was Let's be clear. I don't know a lot about horror either, so... Okay. <laughs> horror freaks I mean, are going, you're fucked up. <laughs> it did have all the annoying themes <laughs> that a slasher movie has. Mm-hmm. I will say the blood and the practical effects were pretty good, just yeah. because I like seeing practical effects. But then they were interspersed with like the worst CGI you've ever seen. Mm-hmm. I just feel like they should have gone fully practical with everything. And also redesigned all of the animatronics <laughs> to not look like complete shit. 
Yeah, let's do a little bit of the story, and then we'll get more into what's going on with the Sorry, book. I know I keep jumping the gun. I just... No, you're good. I'm just I don't like, feel passionately about <laughs> a movie too often <laughs> in a negative way. But you are today, and you're ready to pop off. A little bit. Okay. <laughs> no, that's good. I know it's hard to make a movie. I know it's hard to make something good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That but, doesn't need to be said. You know. A critique makes people stronger. As long as we're... I mean, we're we're really having, like, earnest critique. We're not just like, this sucks and is shit. We're like, these are things that are wrong with it specifically. I think if the filmmakers had good taste, mm-hmm. this movie could have been okay. Okay, now you're doing a full roast. <laughs> no, I just think that the design and the... If the filmmakers weren't aesthetic... personally losers, yeah. I think... <laughs> well, I mean... We know the screenwriter's a fucking loser. You just read his backstory and it was Damn, a nightmare. You'll never be put in his new film. I don't want to be in his movie. Bless his heart. Yeah, I don't want to be in the next Go Parsons movie. It's Geo. Okay, yeah. What is he, a freaking Star Wars robot? No, he's from the Matrix. Yeah. Yeah, Gio. It's his, <laughs> Neo's Italian cousin. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's him. <laughs> Geo person. <laughs> Geo Matrix. Um, that's Neo's last name, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Matrix. Okay, so when we meet Nick Cage in this film, first of all, it's a slow reveal, a slow Cage reveal. Mm-hmm. His beard looks like it's spray painted onto his face. It does. <laughs> which I think rocks. <laughs> I wish he didn't like having a goatee as much as he does, but yeah, but he's obsessed. He likes it. A like obsessively trimmed goatee that he also spray paints. Yeah, (laughs) and dyes, dyes and spray paints. So it's like there's a lot of color going on there. I would say that I was open to the movie and enjoying it for at least ten minutes. Like the opening ten minutes were kind of funny, and like Nick Cage was cool driving around in his car. And I was like, okay, his stunt double was cool driving in the car. Yeah, yeah. He has a separate stunt double just for driving in this film. Oh, is that true? (laughs) Yeah. Okay, I believe (laughs) that. Which I think rocks. The beginning's a little unhinged because so he blows his tires on like a police strip of whatever they do to blow people's tires. Spikes. Um. Yeah, spikes. That's a great word for um a spike strip. (laughs) (laughs) Spike strip. Yeah. (laughs) A tow truck guy comes and gets him. They roll up to like a lady sheriff, and he's just like. Oh, yeah, this guy popped his tires on one of your strips. Anyway, haha, see you later. No questions asked. <laughs> like, you want to hear my impression of the tow truck driver scene? Yeah. So Nick Cage didn't say anything in the movie, you know, so he's mm-hmm. riding in the car with the tow truck driver. Mm-hmm. And this is what the tow truck driver does for the entire scene. He has a big cigar, cigar in his mouth. He's like, mm-hmm. yeah, well, I'm fucking bending the gym and town and blah, blah, blah. You know, he's uh, not like King of the guys. Hill. <laughs> he's like not speaking English. It's like music. He's like got he's such a weird deliverance accent. And he's just doing this monologue, but none of it is words. <laughs> and Nick Cage is just no like words, staring just at him. Yeah. It's so odd. <laughs> I just think it was crazy that they're like, yeah, your classic spike strips in the road. Yeah, what are you going to do? Always there. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, it happens. Yeah. Nobody asks anything about what's going on with the spike strips. Also, in that specific part, Nick Cage and the teen girl have a little like lock eyes. Oh, that moments. was so funny. That really made me laugh. <laughs> what is going on with them? <laughs> that really made me laugh a lot. 
Yeah, very uncomfortable because she is very clearly not of age. Not of age in any way. I mean, I'm sure the actress <laughs> is of age, but the character is the character decidedly is absolutely not. not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a weird And that's moment. how they make it okay in Hollywood. <laughs> right. That really made me laugh. Um, mm-hmm. There's a weird little dramatic camera back and forth between them. And like a smoldering eye being given. Up until this point, I was enjoying the movie. <laughs> Uh-huh. Okay. I, so we're so good. So as far. you as you go on, I'll let you know the moment when I the stop specific enjoying. Moment. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, please let me know. <laughs> oh. Okay, so they get to the car shop and not only does the guy not take cards, but also his ATM oh. doesn't work because there's no internet in this town. <laughs> he says, "I don't take those plastic credit cards." <laughs> He's like, yeah, we were going to get internet, but then we just didn't. Yeah. Like, all right. (laughs) What? Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Interesting. (laughs) Where do you think this story takes place? What state? It was filmed in Georgia. Okay. And I think, I'd say it feels like Georgia. It feels like outskirts Georgia, not like downtown Atlanta or anything. But yeah. What do you think? Yeah, no, that sounds right. It's just the most bland small town setting that you can mm-hmm. imagine there's nothing I, i'm sure in the script it just said like small town usa <laughs> yeah totally yeah small townsville <laughs> i i i'm surprised that there wasn't like a graphic on screen that said like somewhere in the u.s mm. you know <laughs> present day yeah. question mark yeah <laughs> for sure i wouldn't have been surprised to see that either or he's given an I don't know, ultimatum, that's not probably the right word, but he's given an option, I guess, yes. to spend the night at this old crusty joint, Willie's Wonderland, cleaning it up, and if he cleans it up, his debts will be paid, yes. and he can have his car back. He has to spend one night in there cleaning, mm-hmm. for which he'll, he will be paid $1,000. Yeah, um, and how do I sign up for this kind of gig? Right. As soon as I heard that, I'm like... <laughs> it takes me weeks to make $1,000. Yeah, dude... <laughs> Something's up here. You can't make this kind of money in one night. No. I mean, if it feels like a scam, it is a scam, right? Isn't that what they always say? Totally. So we're seeing red flags already. (laughs) But he agrees. He has no qualms. He just gives a nod because he's nonverbal. (laughs) Nonverbal. Actually, it's a neurodivergent representation. Yeah, it actually is. There actually is online discourse about whether or not his character is on the spectrum. Yeah, Um, sure. So... You know, evidence is there, but, you know, who can say? I mean, he doesn't talk. So he's got to spend the night in Willy's Wonderland, which is like a off-brand Chuck E. Cheese's with right. less games. It doesn't seem like there's much of anything fun inside. A lot of chairs. A lot of ch- It's mostly chairs, in fact. <laughs> chairs, tables, Posters mirrors. on the wall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there's like one room that has trees. <laughs> yeah, it was, there's like a jungle room. I mean, you know, the set decorator did what they could yeah and it was low budget what was the budget of this movie i'm gonna guess two million dollars you think so two million (gasps) yeah five million no five Five million dollars it was also produced by nick cage so he that's his own money (laughs) well i know nick cage paid for the free bird rights out of his own pocket yeah there's i mean he had to right and there's like I'm, i'm sure free bird was his idea as well. Five million. Oh my god, I didn't realize it was so high. You I didn't can't look it see up it before. on screen. <laughs> no. Well, take out one million for Nick Cage's salary, right? Yeah, yeah, at so least. I think his quote for these movies is one mil, from and what I've heard. it's maybe like another thousand just for his beard spray paint. Yeah, and then take out, say, <laughs> And the five, upkeep on that. 
take out say maybe 500 is beard wrangler <laughs> for beth graham mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and then take out like another hundred thousand for a free bird and already we're left with about 200 dollars for the rest of the film <laughs> yeah. and and it shows <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> the rest of the cast besides Nick Cage, I mean, I would even throw Beth Grant into this mm. pile, unfortunately. I think everybody in this movie except for Nick Cage is a bad actor <gasps> in this movie. Even her? <laughs> in this movie, yeah. Wow. I think she doesn't do a good job. And I'm a fan of Beth Grant. You know, it's not her best. It's definitely not her best performance. But she can only do so much with what she was given. She so wasn't given a lot to work with. Do we also hold it against her? I don't know. The teens, on the other hand, are doing way too much. I would say I mostly agree with you. I think there are some of them who also were were only given so much. Specifically, I think, and this is kind of jumping ahead a little, but the one black character. Unfortunately, I believe that his lines were written in... Uh, A-A-V-E by a white person. <laughs> Absolutely. And you can tell. And it is painful to watch him they, try to say The whole words. time I was watching his character, painful. I was just thinking, the director <laughs> is just telling him to black it up. Yes. <laughs> it's like crazy. You it's like a character. It. Yeah, it yeah. is. It is. That, that was rough. And, uh, you know, shout out to that young boy, wherever you are now. I hope that you find directors and writers who respect you. <laughs> And the the main girl, and then we can go back, but the main girl, I was really not impressed with. The first time watching it, I was like, I felt nothing about her. I was like, she's fine. She's in, she's out. She does her thing. Okay. Um, The second time watching it, I was paying a little more attention to like specifically the details and her delivery and stuff. And I was like, no, this is very bad. (laughs) There were a couple line readings. It is very bad. (laughs) She gave one line reading where she was like... uh, Oh, I forget what she said, but it was like she had never heard this very common phrase before, the way that she delivered it. I also don't remember, but I think I know specifically what you're talking yeah. about. I almost wrote one down when I rewatched it. <laughs> she said it as if she's never heard these words before, and she said a phrase that like everybody has said. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But she said it in a way that nobody has ever said it. It was she, insane. She's also an innovator, okay? She's doing okay, something yeah. different. Yeah. <laughs> Also randomly, um, so I was looking up, because the Chuck E. Cheese's by my house, they got rid of their animatronics when I was a kid, like when I was in middle school, I think. So I was looking up to see, I thought they all had done that then, but I guess they didn't until a little more recently. Oh, okay, good. They're gone. They're gone now. They, I think in, it was like 2017 when they finally did a full wipe of all of them. Yeah, and the new Chuck E. Cheese, they redid the mascot and like they redid everything about the place. Yeah, they fully rebranded. Yeah. Because they were going to file bankruptcy. Maybe they still did. I think they still did, actually. But when I was Googling Chuck E. Cheese, I found out randomly, there's a Chuck E. Cheese like a couple miles away from my house. There was a shooting there like two months ago. There was a shooting at a Chuck E. Cheese by where (laughs) I lived in Denver. If you Google Chuck E. Cheese's, it's all shootings, actually. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's actually insane how many shootings happen at a Chuck E. Cheese. So when they roll up to this Chuck E. Cheese's, Nick Cage, as we've said, nonverbal, but he does do some cool moves throughout the movie. And one of them is when they roll up and he does a cool pull down the sunglasses and stare into the (laughs) eyes of the drawing of Willie on the building. (laughs) He really eyes him down. It's like he knows something's up with this painting on this wall. He masters these smoldering stares throughout the film. 
I mean, that's all he's doing because he has no dialogue. How long has he been acting? Like 40 years? He's been early up a few 80s. Tricks. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, literally 40. He's almost a 60-year-old man at this point, and uh, you can't tell. Looks like the same old cage. Yeah, I mean, he just keeps getting more and more hair, and it keeps getting darker and darker, and he keeps getting new sets of teeth. (laughs) Nobody can tell. (laughs) Well, his teeth actually, most people's teeth only fall out once and then regrow. Mm-hmm. but his do like every 10 years oh okay okay yeah. <laughs> that actually tracks he also molts every 10 years as well. <laughs> every 10 years you find a sack of old nick cage skin yeah. somewhere that he's yeah. shed <laughs> like a cicada shell just like right. stuck to a tree somewhere <laughs> see that's an indianapolis reference we don't have that out here <laughs> oh yeah sorry <laughs> i've never seen a, sh- a cicada shell stuck on a tree before You've never seen a cicada in your life. Well, you're not from L.A. either. They don't have them in Colorado. Maybe they do. I don't know. <laughs> I don't pay attention to bugs. I don't fuck with bugs. <laughs> well, they're quite loud in the summer or when they're out. I've certainly heard them. Yeah. So but they're kind they're of around. out of sight. You don't know where they are. You yeah. just know that they're around. They actually and... don't get a lot of the shells on the trees in Indianapolis. But if you go south, that's where you get the shells on the trees. And I have sure. a lot of... Um, my dad's from Mississippi. That's actually really mainly where I've seen the shells on the trees. Is that There's a lot of gross stuff in the South that I don't My like. grandpa used to collect them. Oh. He had a trunk full of cicada shells, oh. which is disgusting. Yeah, I don't like that either. <laughs> you open the trunk and it is full, like a treasure chest. That's of really bad. <laughs> old cicada shells. God. This is your inheritance. <laughs> well, unfortunately, fortunately, actually, I'm excommunicated from that half of the family. So oh, it's all good yes. now. <laughs> I don't have to inherit the dead cicadas. <laughs> yeah, good. Or anything else. You don't else want none them. of that. Uh-uh. <laughs> okay. Um, so he gets a little tour inside. He gets a cool shirt for his night. It is Willie. a cool shirt that I yeah. would wear. The logo's pretty sick. I mean, it's yeah. like a 70s, early 80s-esque looking logo. The logo, the opening title logo was cool. Mm-hmm. That was like the only design choice in the movie that I <laughs> like. Not I cool think. enough to make up for everything else in the movie is what you're saying. This movie was like 88 minutes long mm-hmm. and it is the longest 90 minute movie I've ever seen. In my life. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> I paused it like 40 times <laughs> to just like do other stuff. Hell yeah. <laughs> what kind of activities were you doing? I want to walk around, <laughs> you know, turning the sink on for a second. <laughs> and then turning it off. Turn it off. <laughs> Uh, you know, turning a light switch on and then back off. Mm-hmm. Just anything. <laughs> anything oh, that was else. more fun than watching the film for you. Anything else, yeah. Uh-huh. Hell yeah. I also think it's interesting. I mean, we don't at this point have the backstory on what's the deal with this joint, but um, oh, I do but think just it's... wait. <laughs> but just wait. If but you're I... a fan of <laughs> exposition and voiceover, you're going to love the second act of this movie. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I do think it's interesting that they get a t-shirt for their night there because, first of all, these t-shirts are not screen printed as a pro in the industry formerly. These are direct to garment. So these are more expensive to make. They're a nice shirt and they're like a baseball shirt style. They're a ring tee. So they have like the... um, the different colored cuffs and around the neck and stuff. So oh, they're I'm a sorry, higher... a baseball shirt is where the sleeves are a different color yeah, than the yeah. yeah, it's a ring tee. And so they're like a higher quality tee, 
They're directly garment printed, so they cost more. And they're giving these things out all the time. He also what? wears like eight of them during the movie. Yeah. Because every time he gets blood on one, he changes into a fresh one. <laughs> so they have like a full stock of these shirts at this joint. I know I that know, we, just, haven't, interesting. we haven't broached this aspect of it yet, but I think that there would be a good drinking game, which is every time he changes his shirt and every time he drinks one of those weird cans of stuff, Mm-hmm. That I think would be like at least sixteen drinks over the course of a ninety-minute movie, if not more. It might be more. <laughs> so anyway, go on. But those cans—I want to talk about those cans at some point. <laughs> oh, I know you want to talk about those cans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're basically there. I mean, so he gets in the building. He starts just doing his thing, doing some Windexing, doing some wiping stuff down. He's really good at cleaning. He is. You know, it's almost like it felt kind of like those um, cleaning TikToks sometimes because you're just watching stuff be really dirty and then they do some wipes and then it's clean and you go, The most satisfying part of the movie. Yeah, I'm having like ASMR to this or whatever. (laughs) I would watch. Okay, so I had this thought during the movie. Mm -hmm. If they just made a movie, a 90-minute movie, where Nick Cage is silent the whole time, and he's mm-hmm. just a janitor overnight at a Chuck E. Cheese. Mm-hmm. That movie would be so much better than the movie <laughs> that we watched. You think so? A hundred percent. If he was just cleaning and going about his business, like a just like in real time, we're just watching this guy work an overnight shift. Yeah. As a janitor, and he doesn't talk the whole time. That mm-hmm. movie would be awesome. In this movie, does he still play the pinball? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's pinball. You know, he's drinking the weird cans. Mm-hmm. He's cleaning graffiti. Freebird plays. <laughs> has to at be Freebird. Mm-hmm. None of this dumb animatronic bullshit. And none of these teens or supporting characters. I mean, yeah, we could have used some pairing back in some areas. I just don't understand how you can have a movie with Nicolas Cage that he's only in like half of the shots. Do you think they needed to hit some diversity? I mean... Nicolas Cage defies race or gender <laughs> or sexuality. He is like everything at once. You're actually not wrong on that. <laughs> you know, he's uh-huh. like God. He mm-hmm. kind of is just everything. Who can say what race or gender Nick Cage is? He's not human. Certainly not me. Yeah. <laughs> he's like a David Bowie type character. <laughs> I, I think it would be better to have no diversity in this movie than to have the diversity that they had, which was characterizations of black people that was like very iffy from dodgy years stuff. Ago. Yeah, yeah, dodgy content. Yeah. <laughs> but I think, I mean, we kind of agree with that in most cases where you can tell that they were like specifically trying to mark off different. Right. <laughs> And also, (laughs) every time you see a woman in this movie that isn't Beth Grant, they're either chained to a radiator, crawling through a vent on all fours, Mm -hmm. or having sex. Yeah, interesting. So what part of that is representation? Because when you have your checklist of points you're supposed to hit, we have we got a Latina woman in this, we got a black yeah. person in this, yeah. etc. Yeah. But you still don't have diversity behind the camera. You still have the film being made and shot by all white straight men. You also <laughs> um, don't have diversity in what's happening on screen. You're not representing any mm-hmm. true experiences of any people. 
Yeah, but that's like kind of what I'm saying is like when the behind the scenes people are still all white straight men, Mm -hmm. uh, despite who's on screen, Mm -hmm. then you don't have anyone else saying this is not my experience as a woman. This is not how I want to be seen as a woman. This is not my experience as a black person or whatever. Right. You don't have anybody checking you on that stuff. It still feels like a straight white man movie (laughs) it also felt like nicholas cage was never on set with anybody else unless they were literally in the same shot do you think he had a thing where um he's like in his trailer the whole time like in my contract don't look me in the eyes (laughs) no 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 he's a very nice person he's a generous performer (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) yeah from what i've read i mean He's a generous performer. By all accounts, he's mm-hmm. a very professional, kind, normal person. Um, generous performer is just an interesting um, choice of words. That's all. Well, he gives <laughs> us a lot. He's a giver. <laughs> he is. We love that. Yeah. So every couple minutes throughout the film, I, I don't know exactly what the time limit is, but every so often his watch beeps and then he has to do a little chug of his punch drink. Yeah. He doesn't play his game at first until he finds the game, and then that becomes part of the every so often ritual. Which seems like a routine that, that, that like somebody on the spectrum might need to have to mm-hmm. get through their day. Yeah. We don't know what's in these cans. It, yeah. It's got like a purple label. It looks like an energy drink, kind of. It's called Punch, which called seems punch. like it could be like an energy drink would be called Punch, right? That's a violent But name. he has like. 10 of them in one night. Probably more. I mean, he has them like all the time. Yeah. Yeah. He really drinks that can a lot. But we don't really like, there's no explanation for what his deal is with that. No. No story there. It's just like, we get used to every couple minutes, beep, 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 beep. Okay, time to drink my little can and play some pinball. Where is he keeping all these cans? (laughs) We don't see him walk in with the cans. We don't see the cans in the car. We don't see the cans in Willy's Wonderland. Where are all these cans coming from? I think we see them in Willy's. I think they're in a mini fridge, but I don't remember. I don't think they show how they got there. No, and they don't show how they got out of there either. True, because when he leaves, he has a nice cold one in his car. Yeah, he's drinking and driving at the end of the movie with a with an underage girl in the passenger seat. Yeah, we love but that we'll get for him. to that. Uh, that's just Georgia, though. At least <laughs> yeah, there's Georgia right. representation in here. I don't know what. Well, this we decided this is not alcoholic, though, right? Probably not I don't an alcoholic know. beverage. We don't, I don't know, know what it is. You know what? That would be interesting, though, if he's just like an alcoholic doing enough to maintain. Right. But not like get fucked up, but just like to keep his hands from shaking. It would also make sense why he has so much bravado when facing these creatures. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He acts like it's no big deal to fight these monstrous beings and defeat them. Mm -hmm. Could be the alcohol talking. Could be. And I was going to say, I don't know what Georgia's alcohol laws are, but I know like in Mississippi, the laws are you can have alcohol open containers in the car as long as it's out of reach to the driver. <laughs> so, right, sure. So that can mean anything. It could mean the passenger has it in the other hand. Yeah, <laughs> you know? and hands it to the driver. Yeah, so, um, but yeah, we don't get any, we don't get any backstory on him at all. No. Not on this drink and not on anything. He's also just called the janitor. He doesn't yeah, he have doesn't even have a name. We don't really get any defining characteristics about his character besides that thing he doesn't speak and he drinks soda which could be any of us (laughs) 
True. I mean, (laughs) he also drives like a nice sports car. Oh, yeah. He has a very nice car. See, a movie about his character before or after the events of this movie would be more interesting, I think. The writer claims that he intentionally wrote Nick Cage's character or the janitor as a blank canvas because then he thought that anyone watching could envision themselves in his role. Oh, yeah. I could totally envision myself. (laughs) Beating the fuck out of all of these Whooping animatronic ass. demons. <laughs> and hanging with underage girls. I mean, come on, dude. The dream. <laughs> There's a difference between a blank slate character and like a relatable movie versus like in some insane nonsense fantasy. Like, I don't think him having a name or a backstory. I feel like both those things would have helped me connect to his character more. Yeah. And really, like, we don't get much backstory or character development or anything on basically anyone in the film, only the girl, uh, the like main teenage girl. And what a backstory it is. Yeah, we get like one detail. <laughs> and we actually get the most backstory on the animatronic, like non-human oh characters, more than any human character, which is interesting that he relates more with machinery than humans. He might oh. be on the spectrum. <laughs> interesting. Okay. Yeah, that whole scene, well, I mean, we're not there yet, but that whole scene where they explain what's going on, (laughs) by that point, the movie had definitely lost me. Okay, but we're not to the specific point yet that it has lost you? Where are we at right now? Has he started fighting the robots yet? No, that's the next thing. Okay. Okay. I think I'm still with it. Okay. I just had one last thought before we got to that, which was that I feel like, I mean, it's it seems kind of lazy, the way that the script is written. Just like, you think? I mean, <laughs> no, what? Lazy. Yeah. I mean, because he's got no backstory on any character, no character traits on any character, no dialogue. Here's a challenge. No names. Huh. <laughs> what was a single character's name in this movie? <laughs> I have only names for the animatronics. And would you like to know what they are? Without looking, tell me a single name of a character from this movie. Okay, first of all, I couldn't. Um, Right? Characters in my notes are named like Sheriff Lady, Sheriff Man. (laughs) Was Sheriff Man played by the director? Oh, I don't know. Was he? It seems like either he was played by the director or that actor is just not good. (laughs) I looked up most of the actors that are in this. Have they they done other stuff? Not really. If they had done anything, it's like, looks like high school productions are like yeah, incredibly yeah. like low 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 budget like they, they probably just, just had an open casting call mm-hmm. in like georgia or whatever so i went to this small film school in denver called colorado film school so mm-hmm. it was like 500 people it was connected to a community college so it was very low tuition but it was like a good film school you know mm-hmm. this movie literally looked and felt and sounded and had the production value of like <laughs> the movies that came out of my film school Oh, yeah. (laughs) Which were all trash. So you were getting like PTSD, too. I felt like I was back at my student show Mm -hmm. at the the Harkins Theater in Aurora in 2018. Yeah. Yeah. It had big student film vibes to me in a lot of ways. Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of the people involved with this film are inexperienced. I just back on the characters. So Tito the Turtle... Mm-hmm. is a is a latinx gentleman <laughs> who uh only speaks in spanish yes 
Mm -hmm. And it's played to great comedic effect later in the movie when he's being hit with something. And in subtitles, it says, ow, my balls. (laughs) Which is is so funny. (laughs) We love it when guys go, oh, my balls. (laughs) Just lowest of the low. At that point, I was... I was watching through my fingers. Because of how scared you were at the horror I show. was really scared yeah. of Tito, yeah. <laughs> the, actually, uh, animatronics are coming in at this point in the movie with the ostrich first. Yes. The ostrich who says to him, I'm going to feast on your face. And this is the exact moment. <laughs> that was the line that killed you. <laughs> when the movie lost me. Is when the, the dumb little animatronic boy said, I'm going to feast on your face. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I went, oh, this is not good at all. This is bad. Not only are the lines delivered by all of the animatronics horrifying, but the voice acting or in the way that their voice comes through, like whatever production it's really wise. Gross. Yeah, it's it's not working for me. I feel like as robots, they should have like more of a robot voice. And not just like sounding just like you just did. I'm gonna feast on your face. I'm gonna I'm gonna say <laughs> with reverb. What I on said it. before, which uh-huh. is none of the characters in this movie should have spoken. Did we need lines from them? Did they add anything to the movie being able to speak? No, I think the filmmakers thought that it'd be scary if they were saying this shit. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, isn't it scary that animatronic saying it's gonna eat your face? It's like, no, we get that they're bad. Like, that's the whole point of the movie. We see him standing there about to eat his face. We don't need yeah, him to also say, right. I'm going to eat your face. Or, I'm yeah, gonna show, face. don't tell, Geo. Yeah. First day of film school. So we've um, been recording for almost 90 minutes. And this <laughs> has felt so much shorter than the movie. It's uh, insane. Great. Hell yeah. <laughs> the way I feel right now recording for 90 mm-hmm. minutes is the way I felt when I paused it and saw that I was 20 minutes into the movie. <laughs> it doesn't feel like we've been recording for 90 minutes, but the facts are there. It's <laughs> because we're having fun. And right. time flies when you're having fun, as they Aww. say. Hell yeah. <laughs> so on the fight scene with the ostrich, I kind of hated the the fight scene. I, the way yeah. that they do fighting in this is like, you don't actually see most of the fighting you either see an upwards angle of him yeah. punching nothing. You're not seeing what he's hitting. Or you have like extremely shaky camera with lens flares all over it, just kind of masking what's going on. <laughs> yeah, there's not a lot of... The editing is so, so bad in the fight scenes. Yeah. It's like the definition of like nonsensical action editing. Yeah, and you just... I mean, you miss a lot of the action because... They're not showing it to you. They're just shaking the camera. The action is the camera shaking and not what's happening in front of the camera. And also it feels like a guy behind the camera shaking the camera, not like a handheld shot. <laughs> like this movie was filmed during an earthquake, maybe. Yeah. Be, I mean, I can just imagine the guy behind the camera going like this. You know? Lots of hands shaking. Yeah. <laughs> That's not how you're supposed to do it. <laughs> There's probably a correct way to do that. <laughs> well, if you're shooting that. handled, you just hold it and then it's naturally shaky. Because you probably need a drink to stable out your 
hands. You haven't had your punch. I imagine there was a lot of drinking on the set of this movie. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And it's all like men who are badass, you know, like they're probably doing beers. Yeah, they're doing beers. (laughs) They're probably going to some like small town bar that's like real dodgy. (laughs) And And telling everyone they're shooting a Hollywood movie. Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We're just in town filming a Hollywood movie with Nicolas Cage. (laughs) Calling it a Hollywood movie. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) We we mentioned kind of earlier, but the one cool thing that I do like about the battle scenes with the animatronics is that they utilize oil or something as a sort of replacement for blood for them. So there is lots of like sort of blood splatter, splatter, but it's like... At certain points, I thought it was blood. And I'm like, do these things have blood in them? It's like black though. Yeah. But you couldn't tell what color it was because the way that the coloring is in this film. Because everything was lit red. (laughs) So it looked like it was friggin' blood. (laughs) They're like, oh, Mandy used a bunch of red lights. Let's just do that again and just have Nick Cage's (laughs) face covered in blood again like in Mandy and Mm -hmm. that'll make the movie cool right that's what everybody likes about Mandy (laughs) yeah those are the things I mean I saw an article that I thought had a really interesting perspective that maybe I agree with they were saying like well first of all this director considers this film to be the next great horror movie in the quote-unquote Nick Cage genre so like he's oh. just he's considering Nick Cage its own genre. The next great horror movie in the Nick Cage genre. I think just viewing it like that, you go they don't even care what happens in this movie. They just go Nick Cage is here, people are going to see it. And this article that I read was saying like it's interesting that they thought that because what makes Nick Cage interesting, like his most defining interesting characteristic as an actor, is that he doesn't process and translate emotions to screen like a person from Earth. Like the way that right. he the way that he delivers lines right. specifically is what makes him interesting. The way he says That's what things. makes the Wicker Man remake with him so much fun to watch. That movie's awesome. That's what makes like everything with him in it so much fun right. to watch. He's insane. But like in terms of his horror movies, like The Wicker Man, I've seen that movie a few times and I mm-hmm. love it because it's just so batshit insane. The whole he's just being <laughs> insane the whole mm-hmm. time and it's awesome. He's not insane once in this movie. No. And they were like this article was like saying that this movie wants so badly to cash in on like the crazy Nick Cage aesthetic, but doesn't do anything to he's never crazy in it he doesn't they don't do anything beyond placing him physically in a weird scenario (laughs) right right and it's just not it's not delivering what people come to see nick cage for most of the time and it's not cage's fault nick cage even though he's not saying anything in this movie the acting that he's doing is so much harder than Mm -hmm. a lot of his other movies because he is literally carrying this whole thing on his back yeah there's there's nothing in this movie that is redeemable except for him yeah and they were like it's kind of insulting to assume the only thing that an audience wants from nick cage is to exist just merely exist as a mute emotionless um, person in a crazy situation i mean to be fair i love watching nicholas cage exist i do too But I think that's maybe part of why this movie feels flat is like we want I love watching him exist doing his thing. He's doing what he can in this film. Absolutely. He's carrying it. But if he got to be crazy, it would have been a lot more fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. So I think that that 
while it's interesting to have a main character who never speaks just as a gimmick. This was not the movie for it. Yeah, no. And I think that it actually harms this movie. I agree. Can you imagine if Nick Cage was like, I'm sick of these motherfucking animatronics <laughs> on this motherfucking Willy's Wonderland. <laughs> on Willy's motherfucking Wonderland. <laughs> oh, you cussed. <laughs> I'm not opposed to cussing. I think there's oh. a limit, though. You know? Oh, okay. Sorry if I cuss when... <laughs> too much in the podcast. <laughs> I absolutely cuss. I'm just saying it just The happens. fact that you call it cussing, <laughs> I think, belies the fact. <laughs> I do cussing, you guys. Yeah. Well, I start, I started calling it cussing because I thought it was funny. It is funny. <laughs> cursing is and... also funny. <laughs> I think cussing's funnier than cursing. Swearing. See, cussing's funnier than all of this to me. Just that's just my opinion. Cuss. Cuss just reminds me <laughs> like, like I'm going to do a cuss. <laughs> uh, so it's like just some Wes Anderson character calls another Wes Anderson cu- character like that. That cuss. <laughs> You know, isn't that in like Fantastic Mr. Fox or something? Uh, it might be. <laughs> I think it is. Wouldn't be surprised if it were. Yeah, Wes Anderson's a guy who seems like he doesn't cuss. Uh, yeah, maybe not. <laughs> his characters might, but I don't think he does. I don't know if his characters do, do they? Yeah, I think. Uh, maybe. Yeah, I think they do. I don't know. Can't remember. I just think that there's a point when, when cussing becomes excessive and then it's more edgelord and less. Yeah, like in know? Deadpool. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. That's all yeah. I'm saying. I agree with that. Cussing is cool. It's actually cool. Rock and cool. sunglasses. I love it. It's pretty cool. <laughs> it's especially cool if you're cussing while like smoking a cigarette and wearing sunglasses. Well, we can't be smoking these days. No? Smoking's out. Smoking's oh, I out. still like it. I still do Oh, it. yeah? Oh, yeah, dude. Uh-oh, it rocks. Canceled. <laughs> no, it's awesome and good. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. It makes well, you look cool. I'm allergic to smoke, so personally, I hate it. And you know, in these COVID days, nothing makes you think about other people's breath particles coming in your body uh, as much as smelling someone else's smoke that they have exhaled. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Where are we at in the movie? Where we're at is the next scene is um, the fight with the gorilla. Um, I don't think there's too much to say about the gorilla scene, except that the stuntman who plays the gorilla, name is Billy Bussy, and I just thought that's... Oh my God. <laughs> I just thought that's funny, Billy. Billy Bussy. That is funny. I like. Um, <laughs> I did like in that scene how he walked into the bathroom. He just cleaned, and there was writing on the mirror mm-hmm. that said, "Like you know, it's your birthday or whatever." Mm-hmm. I do feel like a lot of the time when the fight scenes were happening, and this is a you know says something about the movie that a lot of the times when the fight scenes were happening, I'm more concerned about how much of a mess they're making that he just cleaned up this room than anything else happening. Totally. <laughs> it's really thinking, troubling. This poor guy, he's gonna have to clean all this again. That should not be and what I'm does. thinking. Mm-hmm. He, he does, does do it, but that just shouldn't be where my focus is when Nick Cage is fighting a fucking robot. You know what I mean? I was thinking about literally anything else for most <laughs> of this movie. The line the gorilla gives in this scene to was I'm gonna feast on your soul so the ostrich was gonna feast on your face this guy's gonna feast on your soul obsessed with feasting it was the feast and he gets curb stomped on a urinal (laughs) that was pretty cool that was was actually kind of sick kind of sick and badass yeah that was kind of cool so far out of the two monsters he fought neither of them posed much of a fight like no they weren't and you would think a gorilla that's like 
historically one of the strongest animals, right? Especially a gorilla that's a machine powered by a yeah. a spoiler. No, that we no can't match talk for Nick Cage, yet. who's just a normal guy with a nice car. <laughs> oh, hmm. we haven't even talked about the duct tape. Oh, the duct tape on his face from so, where the ostrich tried to feast on his face. Every time Nick Cage gets hurt in this movie. Instead of finding a first aid kit that's got to be lying around somewhere, mm-hmm. he just duct tapes it. Hell yeah. Which is kind of hard, but also like the guy said, everything is in there. There's food stocked. You got mm-hmm. all the cleaning supplies. We got everything you need. There, what? There's no band-aids? You got to use fucking duct tape on your shit? Well, he probably wanted to be badass, but I've also seen that in other films. <sighs> oh, Specifically, I was thinking of the 2014 film Buzzard. The dude cuts okay. his hand real big with a Freddy Krueger glove, cuts his yeah. hand real big, and then he duct tapes it. And he duct tapes it throughout the movie and keeps unduct taping it. See, that it. seems like an aesthetic choice, though, that fits the it aesthetic is. It's punk of, as that, fuck. of that movie. <laughs> Whereas in this, it just seemed yeah. out of place. Weirdly. I kind of go, did this guy watch Buzzard? I don't know. Great I film. doubt it. <laughs> I don't think that any of the people involved in this movie have ever seen a movie before. Certainly not a good one. No. <laughs> They're not sitting around watching art house movies. No. <laughs> Actually, the, the screenwriter is probably one of those guys on Hollywood Boulevard that dresses up like uh, a character. You, you think know? so? <laughs> that seems like where this movie came from. When I was from. there recently, there was no guys dressed up. Oh, there are plenty of guys dressed up. I've trust seen me. one guy half in Spider-Man from waist down in Spider-Man, waist up normal. And then I he seen on one- break. I seen yeah. one guy um, just with a sheet over his head that said, "I'm the Holy Ghost." <laughs> that's that's good. And that was it. I didn't see no other guys dress up. I saw oh, Cookie there... Monster at the observatory, and that's it. There are plenty of people dressed up. Well, I, I went there like three times. And, I know uh, you work with next to Vin Diesel, right? Yeah, I do. I work I with. I seen you Vin. post a pic. I said I took a pic of that man when I walked by. He, what if you were there? Yeah, there are like forty. <laughs> oh, yeah. You were you were working next to Vin Diesel when I walked by on my holiday from Indianapolis. I was, I was walking weeks. by Vin Diesel while you were working. Um. Anyway, so this is where the teens come in. We get the teens oh, more. Oh, we saw good. the teen. <laughs> we met the teen girl earlier, and we saw her get chained up. Yeah. Why does Beth Grant chain her to the radiator? That's no. never, never well, brought back. We get at some point in the movie a little bit of a backstory on them, which is that one of the times that people were locked in Willy's Wonderland, having this scenario, a baby was left behind, and that baby yes. was this girl as a baby. And um, she had white parents. She did have white parents, and she is like very clearly like a dark skinned yeah. Latinx woman. Yeah. So she was left behind, and the sheriff just adopts her, I guess. <laughs> but also just chains her to the radiator and tells her to piss in a bucket. It's like, how did this adoption? Did she not have like grandparents, anything anywhere else? To I don't think they checked. Go? Probably not. They don't have I don't internet, think Beth so Grant how would checked. they know? <laughs> I'm not trusting but, Beth Grant. You know what's also interesting? They have phone lines, no internet. But, um, (laughs) interesting. But so Beth Grant adopts her as like a child, I guess, but doesn't want to put her in jail when she's arrested. So she chains her to the radiator in their RV that they live in. Oh, is that what it was? I guess, yeah. Because she was going to be arrested for trying to light Willie's Wonderland on fire. That was, this was before that, though, I thought. She tries to do it earlier and they pick her up. I see. And then now yeah. she's trying to do it again with a crew. And then they all manage to fall Fuck through the up. ceiling. And... 
and be trapped in there too. Yeah. So they go to Willie's. They want to save Nick before they light the place on fire because they don't want to light him on fire. And some of them want to save him. Other ones are like, "Fuck him. He's already dead." (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, basically. She's like, I'm going to go in. You guys figure out how to get me out with him. And she crawls through the largest air ducts we've ever seen in history. <laughs> like they Yeah, are it's like G-force. So big. <laughs> air ducts is like with high ceilings. <laughs> ceilings it's like higher those than air my ducts actual would apartment. Be, would be $16.95 <laughs> a month in LA. <laughs> That was a good one. <laughs> Everybody else is supposed to wait for her and yeah, help her get out later. So they're chilling on the roof and they get all macho about it. That's when we get like the terrible dialogue from the one young boy, bless his heart. Oh my Um, God. (laughs) But they're like dragging one of the teens. He's like, you think you're a player? Yeah. Uh, Like that kind of shit. It's horrible. He said, this is a direct line. Kissing that ass ain't gonna get you that ass, playboy. (laughs) Oh, playboy. That's what it was. Hey, it's a nod to the director's previous work. You right. <laughs> yeah, he I put an Easter was. egg in there. <laughs> yeah, it was an Easter egg. <laughs> so they're like dragging the one boy because he has a crush on this girl for some reason. Like having a crush is normal. I don't know why they're like being so weird about yeah. it. Yeah, they're like, oh, you have a crush? That's fucking gay, dude. <laughs> you have a crush on a woman and you're a straight guy? I'm fucking gay. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, because they call him gay for loving a woman, he like jumps on. He like literally launches to jump on yeah. the other guy and they all fall through the roof. Into the ball pit. Into the ball pit. Uh-huh. Then they're all inside, and now nobody's safe. <laughs> Do you think when the writer wrote that, he's like, they all fall through the ceiling, but they land in the ball pit. They're safe. He, like, hit save, and he closed his laptop, and he's like, yeah, I'm done for the day. Done for the day, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, he probably did close his laptop for the day and was like, you know, that was great. I wrote some AAV. <laughs> I had them fall down and be safe. Wow, what a great action scene. <laughs> I want to find this guy. I bet I could find this guy. You probably could. He probably has his cell phone number like listed on his Facebook or something. <laughs> he probably lives in the dumpster outside of the liquor store around the corner for me. He might. He's probably walking up and down the street in front of you while you're working yeah. all day. Handing out scripts. Uh-huh, and headshots. <laughs> I'm surprised you haven't received one yet. <laughs> here's, your, here's your Postmates and also my 185-page scripts. <laughs> If, if that ever happened to me, if I got like a pizza delivered to me and I had a headshot attached to it, I'd find the guy and I'd fucking beat his ass. <laughs> you would call the number, have him uh, set up a meeting with you, and then he would show up and just so you could beat his ass. Yeah, I would yeah. ruin that man's life. I would do everything I could to ruin that man's life. <laughs> Oh if that ever happened to me. <laughs> but I hear it happens. I don't know. Hasn't happened yet. Knock I was in words. LA for like two seconds when somebody pitched their movie to me and asked me for help getting it out there. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, that <laughs> definitely will happen. My first night in LA. <laughs> yeah, that will definitely happen. Hated that. Anyway, Nick Cage interacts with the teens only by like pulling the main girl off of the fairy uh, animatronic and then just like looking at her weird and then walking So there's away. a bunch of animal characters and then there's just one girl who's just like a woman but still like a puppet. She's a woman with just like a mask on. Like they yeah. ran out of budget at that point and we're like. Well, all of the characters are clearly just people in suits. Yeah. Like it looks like complete ass. It does. <laughs> yeah, but that one most of all because it's literally just a woman's body with it a, looks like the like, cardboard Happy Death head Day on. character. <laughs> 
just the uh, just the main girl <laughs> or yeah. the baby head thing. <laughs> the baby head thing. Just like yeah, a person it just in looks a dumb like mask. The regular human main girl who plays in Happy Death Day. <laughs> what about in uh, as near the end when it's like the fairy and the the chameleon and they're like, "Are you ready for a menage a trois?" Did they say that? Yeah. No. <laughs> to Nick Cage. I don't remember that line. And he's about to fight both of them. They're like, mm-hmm. are you ready for a menage a trois? I remember that scene. That line not ringing any bells, but I wish it were because that's incredible. That's actually <sighs> peak writing. <laughs> God, I would I burn my that. laptop if I ever wrote that. <laughs> oh, he has some great lines in this one throughout. <laughs> Geo's really putting his whole bussy into this thing. <laughs> Hell yeah. (laughs) So I think this is the first point in the movie where we get some of the exposition backstory delivered by the teen girl. Not some. We get it all at once and it's a lot. There's two chunks. Two chunks, yes. There's two chunks, but this is the first chunk. And it's a chunk. It's a big chunk. And she knows like the years, everybody's names, like everything. She's got her full history book like in her head. Well, the story is that the place was opened by like an infamous serial killer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he got all of his serial killer friends to work there. <laughs> serial killers famously very social. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it was a whole group. It was a whole convent of them. They love to go up to other serial killers and be like, yo, you you kill? Oh, me too. <laughs> yeah. Come work at my place. We kill there. <laughs> yeah. We kill kids. <laughs> the job interview is just like, do you like to murder kids? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you're hired. Hypothetically, so, if someone were to offer you a job murdering children, would you accept yeah. or? <laughs> uh, it depends on the pay and the hours and the benefits. Got to make my rent. Yeah. So no, all but, these, uh, yeah. they take them to this room. Uh-huh. The super happy fun room. And they just murder families in there. <laughs> yeah. And the place still operates. It's like, how is that not immediately solved? <laughs> Nothing They're fishy at all. They're just murdering people in there. Mm-hmm. How mm-hmm. do they not get caught? People are going in and not coming out. Mm-hmm. The only thing that's happening is there's a door separating them from the rest of the establishment. Yeah, we don't know. Well, we Cops do know. Cops are useless. Yeah. Beth Grant is the sheriff and she's completely useless. <laughs> True. Yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> she's like in on it with them. Yeah, she's probably into it. She's probably like, less people on the streets, less work yeah. for me. <laughs> yeah. Please, just kill them. Uh, here's a hot take. I don't like movies where they kill kids. Yeah. I don't like that. Like it. Because you like, like all kids. these, All these gory. Yeah, I like kids. Mm-hmm. Don't cut that out and post it as a clip. <laughs> No promises. So, I give like, the people's what they want. <laughs> in it, like all these gory scenes of like kids being murdered. I'm like, uh-huh. who's this for? This sucks. Yeah. Well, um, perverts got to get their shit out somewhere. And if it's yeah. got to be a movie, I'd rather it be that than real life. <laughs> mm, fair enough. Um, so, yeah, they're straight up just killing like tons of people in this place and before the cops can catch them because cops are also historically useless they did a satanic suicide ritual where um, they did some kind of spell and then their serial killer spirits inhabited the animatronic robots at the joint willie's wonderland also has a comic prequel series out (laughs) currently i think there are two issues and there was supposed to be a third in march but i could not find it anywhere so it might just be two but all of that is just more of the backstories of the serial killing animals it's not more about nick cage it's not more about anybody else just the animatronics so they went so fucking hard on the backstories of 
the robots and no one else. Yeah, because freaking Geo's getting off on it. Yeah. <laughs> He's horny for bots. <laughs> he loves a bot. He loves yeah. a killer bot. And in this, like, uh, this exposition, when they talk about, at some point it was tried to... They tried to reopen the joint. The person who tried to reopen it, the only character with a cool name in the whole film. Oh, Tex, of course. How Tex could I McAdoo. Tex McAdoo, of course. How now could that I name is badass. <laughs> I guess. It's fine. I'm surprised that his name wasn't like Reopen Openson or something. <laughs> yeah, like big, big businessman. Yeah. So yeah, now they just have to like sacrifice people to the to the monsters all the time because hence the spikes. Yeah, so hence the spikes. They stop people in their town and just give them to the robots to eat. And then there's a nice montage of them just doing that over and over again until we get the point. Yep. <laughs> oh, there was one. There was one part where they're like, we try to sacrifice people who have no family or people with low moral compasses, and then yeah. it just shows like two people making out. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> Straight people making out. <laughs> yeah. Low moral compass. Yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> so the kids know that all these things are haunted and dangerous killing robots, but they spend like a solid minute just like standing still watching them dance on stage and are like super mesmerized and not they also, trying to... They also like spend a full two minutes delivering all his exposition while the killer robots are chasing them. Yeah, so it's very interesting. <laughs> and then they keep splitting up. Um, one couple just goes off and starts fucking in a separate room. Yeah. They know all these killer bots are all around them and they're in a severely dangerous they're, situation. They know that they're in a room with one of the bots. The girl's like, has this guy always been here? And the guy's like, yeah, he's still there. Keep fucking me. And she's like, I think he just moved. And he's like, oh, I'm going to show you how to move. Like... <laughs> Get into it. It's like, dude, you're aware that these things are alive and it's right next to you. Horny teen boys will stop at nothing to get their little nut. Speaking oh of Nick God. Cage, um, getting into this film, he only had one change request, which was that all of the animatronics in the script were mammals and he loves reptiles. So yes, he said, course. we got to get some lizards in there. Jesus Christ. And so he made them change a dog to an alligator, a rabbit to a chameleon, and a penguin to a turtle. He because he really wanted some reptiles in the robot. What mix. a note! Out of all the things to change, out in of this all movie, the things, God. that was the one thing. <laughs> Fucking actors, man. Yeah, yeah. So when the kids are standing there watching these guys, um, the night, nighty night. Uh, stabs one of the boys through the tummy with his big old knife. All of the characters don't have any weapons. They're just guys. And then Nighty Knight has a big fucking sword that can cut through yeah. shit. Yeah. It's like, that's the one you gotta watch out for. He's got a giant ass sword <laughs> to stab people with. Some of the guys have like, like the chameleon has the tongue, but we don't know the tongue is there until we it's We don't know used. about the tongue yet. Yeah. But yeah, other than that, yeah, nobody has weapons except for the knight with his giant knife. <laughs> yeah, giant sword. That and they're kills just people. like, yeah, this is cool. Let's just stand here and watch them for a minute. <laughs> Ridiculous. So yeah, he gets sliced. And this is, at this point, Nick Cage is having his soda. So he can't be helping them. I think he's played pinball during all this, too. Yeah, he's having pinball and his soda, his little, like, couple minutes break. But finally, once his break is done, he busts in where the couple were fucking. He rips the alligator's mouth open all the way. That was very disturbing. I think it doesn't look as cool as it could have. Because when he's bending it, it looks like it's plush. Like, it doesn't even look like it's made out of metal or anything. Yeah, it's a little piece of shit. Yeah. But it 
but the fact of somebody pulling somebody's mouth open like that is very disturbing. I will give them that. Yeah, that's true. And generally, it's good. But they kind of fucked it up in this film. Yeah, they did. Um, something hey. that could have been cool. Again. Cuss count. A cuss count. <laughs> we're at two. Yeah. I think we're at more than two. Yeah, oh. take a drink every time I cuss in this episode. <laughs> I don't have any more water in my cup. <laughs> oh, no. Do you need to get some? <laughs> I got to go turn the faucet on again. <laughs> yeah, the fucking alligator. The people having sex. And, like, uh-huh. the blonde girl's whole character is she is just, like, a slut, I guess. <laughs> That's like her whole character. She's the only one with a partner with like what seems to be a monogamous partner. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, because she's she's a slut because she fucks her right. monogamous partner. So weird. <laughs> she's wearing like a, um, uh, what do you call those little tops with like the little booby cups and they look all like. Um, oh, like a, like a, like a halter top. Of, like a bustier. Or, or a crop top. Yeah, I don't remember. She, it's like a little more than that. I don't know, but it's like she has like She's a little got, like, number bright on. red lipstick on too. Yeah. They made her to like a caricature of a sex worker. <laughs> yeah, totally. She looks like the <laughs> Daryl Hannah robot in Blade Runner. We know what the writer thinks of women and specifically women who have sex. So I'm saying he's also an incel. And black people. Yeah. And... <laughs> so he's a racist incel. <laughs> I could have told you that. That this movie is like an anti-fuck movie. Yeah, I could see that. I felt dirty watching it. I don't like having it in my watch history on Hulu. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's gonna throw off your algorithms now. My algorithm is fucked. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Um, so when all of the teens are being attacked by different robots, because the boy with the crush is also being attacked by the chameleon, he calls After the cops, being tricked. After being tricked. Because the chameleon says stuff like Oh, I'm not the same as the others. I'm just yeah. being bullied by all these serial killers. And right. I'm normal, actually. <laughs> what? And then immediately kills him. Yeah. Well, he gets to call the cops somewhere in there, though, first. And then the cop hangs up on it. She does. But then we get some story from the cops. We kind of switch over to what's going exposition on with the cops. Exposition chunk. We get another exposition chunk. But also, why did she... So she has, like, the lady sheriff has called in another cop from, like, a different town to help cover her shift for the In night? case the phone rings. But then the phone rings and she hangs up immediately and is like, we're not going to worry about that. Yeah. So like, why did she call this guy over? And then immediately she picks the phone up again and she's like, oh, we'll be right there. It's like, what is happening? What, yeah. What is going on in her mind? That's what I Dio want. Dio was asleep at the wheel in this scene. <laughs> yeah. He was on some cough syrup or something. And then don't they drive there together but leave separately? I don't know. I don't. I know that on the way there, she's telling him about it. And he's like, you're pulling a prank on me. And she's like, this is the opposite of a prank. <laughs> I would know. I'm complicit in it. Because, yeah, when on their drive there, she's telling him all this exposition of what's going on with the joint. But then he leaves with the teen girl and she stays. So what's the deal there? We don't know. So just a little more of the backstory on the joint is that nobody could demolish it because they tried to one time and then the contractor's whole like family were killed and then they tried to just leave it alone. But it's revealed machines, that the animals can escape Willy's Wonderland yeah. and just kill people in the town. Yeah. And then go back. So they cut a deal with the bots to feed them. 
So yeah, we just get all that through exposition. <laughs> Nick Cage finally gets off his break and finds the chameleon with the boy just in time for the chameleon to kill his ass with her tongue. With her tongue, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, a good way to go, I guess, if you have to. Yeah. And then it's break time again because the chameleon and the teen girl were left alone and he just hands the girl a knife and walks away to go have his soda. Is this when he has the big pinball montage? Or is that later when he's dancing around and it's awesome? I think that's later, but that part is awesome. And I guess he improvised that dance. Like that wasn't in his like part or whatever. <laughs> I don't know what the script would have said for that. <laughs> there was nothing as imaginative as that scene in the script. I could tell you that yeah. much. So we know if Nick Cage would have written this himself, it could have been better. Oh, yeah. Is that even a question? <laughs> if I wrote this movie, it would have been better. <laughs> yeah, we could have done it better. <laughs> 100%. Hell yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he goes and has a soda, but then comes back just in time to get the chameleon with a lasso and save the girl's life. Yeah, where'd the lasso come from? I don't know. I think it's like a piece of chain or something he found on the ground. <laughs> I gotta say this. All these movies with all these chains in them. When's the last time you saw a chain? <laughs> I was thinking about that. Because in this movie, the doors are like chained from the outside with yeah. like a whole bunch of chain going through the two handles with like I, a I, padlock I haven't on seen it. a chain in my life like it, in any time that I can remember. Why are all these <laughs> chains always lying around in these movies? Where are the chains coming from? <laughs> the big chain has their fingers in like the movie business pie, I guess. <laughs> Um, Hollywood has a leftover storehouse full of chain. Where are, <laughs> and they're I, like, please take the chains. Where are chains? Like, <laughs> I don't, I never see chains. And every movie has somebody choking someone out with a fucking chain that they find on the ground. Where are chains? <laughs> yeah. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like if I've ever seen them, they are like um, holding a fence closed. Like a big sure. fence. That's the only context I can ever recall seeing a chain in, though. an actual like, chain. Maybe a dog is on a chain. Po- yeah, possibly a dog on a chain scenario. Yeah. That's why off the chain is a phrase, you know? Yeah, somebody says this <laughs> this party's off the chain and you go, where's the chain? <laughs> where's the dog? You're telling me like a, a mean <laughs> pit bull escaped off the chain? Where is it? <laughs> I don't believe you. <laughs> Yeah, too much chain representation in Hollywood. Way too many chains. (laughs) Um, But it is badass that he he chokes out that chameleon with a chain and then like punches the siren and the turtle in the head, like one punch each and uh, knocks them out cold. He like does everything to every animal. He like rips out their spinal (laughs) cord. And then those two, he just like bonks their head together and just like moves on. It's yeah. like, they're not dead yet, dude. Yeah. Well, I don't think, I don't know. Does he want to kill them? Or like, is he just trying to... What do you mean to... does he want to kill them? That's what the whole movie is. <laughs> I think his goal, though, is to clean the place. And killing them is like a side quest. Like killing That's them scary. is more like an annoying thing that he has to do to get them to stop sure. killing him. That's not what he's getting paid for. Yeah. So if he's not, if they're not like actively killing him in that moment then he's not going to put the effort in to kill them that's very interesting yeah because those guys at that moment they're standing there he punches them out they're out cold they're not a bother anymore they're sure. not a threat at the moment yeah i would have taken care of them <laughs> yeah you would just to be safe what would you have done to that siren and that turtle <laughs> oh if i was in his shoes in this movie i would have killed myself before i went into the fucking <laughs> really thing i would have been like i'm done i'm cut. Yeah. it's over <laughs> 
fuck my car, fuck my life. Yeah, car's, <laughs> car's gone. Mm-hmm. 16-year-old's trying to have sex with me. I should probably just end it. You wouldn't be thinking about that 16-year-old on the other side? No. <laughs> I'm not a fucking freak like Geo with his weird, perverted, <laughs> twisted fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> God, I hate this guy. So the cops do come and take the little girl away as a teen girl. Yeah, she's not so little anymore. Okay, she's a big girl now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, the lady sheriff leaves Nick Cage handcuffed so that he's kind of like bait now for the robots. Right. But instead, uh, Nick Cage sits on her face. Okay, King. Um, yeah, and he does. breaks her neck with his legs. With his thighs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was pretty awesome. <laughs> and then he gets out of the handcuffs somehow. Like, uh, I think he just like busts him because he's too strong, right? Which, he like, just like ripped his hands apart. That? Yeah, why didn't he just do that in the first place? He was trying to get leg day in. A little work on the hammies. I think Geo just wanted one of the things to get choked out by Nick Cage's thighs. Mm-hmm. Which is very troubling. <laughs> Nick, uh, Geo saw those thighs and was like, I have ideas for what oh, those can do. <laughs> Geo's definitely said, I have ideas mm-hmm. a lot in public before. Yeah, I, I actually, yeah, I think the evidence is there that, yeah. Yeah, said that. The only thing I learned from this movie is that this Geo guy is not to be trusted. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't trust him. God or that. Kevin, to be fair. How, I don't know how he got involved in this film, and I wish I did. I saw no stories about that. I don't think Kevin Lewis exists. <laughs> I don't think this movie was directed by anybody. <laughs> I, I think they had, every, they had everybody on set except for a director. And then mm-hmm. at the end of the movie, they're like, oh, shit, we have to, like, say we have a director. All right, think of a name. And they're like, uh, Kevin Lewis? And they're like, yeah, that sounds like the name of a guy. Just do that. And then they look them up. He exists. And they go, if we give you 50 bucks, can we throw your name on this? Yeah. That's all we have left in the budget. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, eh, sure, fuck it. <laughs> I got nothing to lose. So I think at this point, this point in the movie, we're down to one monster. The titular monster, Willie himself. And Beth Grant tries to kill Nicolas Cage before he can get to Willie because she doesn't believe that he can kill Willie even though he's killed all the other ones. Yeah, I know. The whole thing is weird. It's like, why don't you just let him kill him? I don't know. Uh, But I guess if he fails, then... Because it is kind of implied that Willie's the strongest one. He's the final boss. Yeah, and that really shows in the fight scene between them. It's the longest fight scene. But yeah, she does try and like um, sick Willie onto Nick Cage. And she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Please eat him. Oh, my God. But (laughs) Willie ain't having it. He just swipes her in half. And she did. Yeah, she fully like Darth Maul's in half. R.I.P. Um, not RIP, yeah, but fuck queen. cops. Yeah. <laughs> Willie's at ACAB. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that's probably like one of the cooler like injuries or gore parts of the film. Maybe the coolest. Because <laughs> yeah, you don't was... really see much else. You don't really see this either, though. It looks like it was shot in a fucking swamp. <laughs> They're like indoors in Willie's Wonderland and there's like no lights. <laughs> I like didn't even know what happened for a minute. I'm like, wait, what? I can't see anything. <laughs> Everything that's like on the walls is like backlit with its own like neon light source and nothing is an actual light source. So like there's no yeah. there's no like overhead lighting or like lamps or anything. This movie looks like <laughs> it was shot on like my phone. 
<laughs> it looked like shit. Yeah, it wasn't great. <laughs> okay, so then we're down to Cage and final boss. This is the part where Gio wanted him to have one line. Throughout the oh, movie, no. I feel like okay. several times we get like sort of a teaser where you think like, oh, he's going to say a line. Yeah, <laughs> and then, yeah. Like he doesn't. But this was the, ta- the actual time where he was like, <laughs> this is what he said. I was going to have him look at Willie. He's about ready to rumble. Ready to rumble being Geo's words. Sure. <laughs> He's about ready to rumble and he goes, Come at me, bro. Are you kidding me? And then they fight. <laughs> that was his line. Having this Are man you? not speak for the entire film and then only say, Come at me, bro. From right, Nick Cage's as, mouth. Too. As soon as I get off this podcast. In a couple hours, you're going to turn on Variety and you're going to see Geo Parsons has died by murder. <laughs> and the culprit is local comedian Max Beasley, <laughs> who said to him, come at me, bro, and then murdered him. Uh-huh. I'm going to go murder Geo Parsons after this podcast <laughs> is done. Fuck, you're on record. <laughs> I'm going to go get rid of that guy. Come at me, bro. That's the worst thing I've ever heard in my life. I know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> and I, I heard I thought I heard the worst thing I'd ever heard in my life yesterday. Which was? Well, this is a tangent. Okay. But you know Lindsey Graham, the senator? Mm-hmm. So he's very famous for like um The engaging... Ladybug story. Yeah, the ladybug story. <laughs> so I heard that yesterday and I thought that was the worst thing I've ever heard. Oh wait, you just heard the ladybugs thing yesterday? Yeah. Oh, that's old news. That's like years old. I know. I never heard it until yesterday and it really wow. okay. freaked me out. Um, <laughs> I thought that was the worst thing I well, ever heard. Well, it's not true. So. Oh, it's not? Allegedly. It was, yeah, just something somebody made up online. Yeah, of course. Allegedly. And it went viral. Allegedly. Also, he's, his nickname's not Lady G in DC, <laughs> I bet either. Well. <laughs> It's interesting. Anyway. But you thought that was the worst thing you'd ever heard until today. I thought that was the worst thing I ever heard until today. But that thing is pretty bad. Um, So yeah, that's saying something. (laughs) The ladybugs thing. (laughs) Look it up. If you don't know what we're talking about, don't look it up. (laughs) It is kind of insane, though. (laughs) It's one of the worst things I've ever heard in my life. (laughs) So yeah, after hearing that that was the proposed singular line for his character, Nick Cage said, no, I will be remaining silent. Thank you. (laughs) I plead the fifth. Yeah. (laughs) And then, you know, ass whooping ensues. He punches the fuck out of Willie and beats him with like a pillowcase full of stuff and like a pipe. Yeah. We're like, where did the pillowcase come from? I don't know. And what's inside of it? I don't know. Probably cans. Probably cans. But then what's inside of the cans? We don't know. We don't know. <laughs> Remember, people listening, this has a 60% on Rotten Tomatoes. That is true. That means 60% of people rated it favorably. Yeah. And that's a little devastating and kind of tells you where um, cinema is at. The state of cinema is currently at in this world. Yeah, yeah. Devastating. <laughs> where a Michael Bay movie has a positive Rotten Tomato meter. Yeah. So that's the final boss and he's whooped. So I think yeah, it's he's the, dead. the next day and like the boy sheriff comes over who clearly has a fake mustache. There's a boy sheriff. <laughs> yeah, the boy sheriff who I thought was the director because his acting is so atrocious. But no, he's just some like some other like newbie actor. Right. But he clearly has like a dollar store fake mustache on, which I thought was yeah. interesting. And Nick Cage really did clean up the place. It looks great. 
It looks great. <laughs> and then Freebird starts playing, and the most awesome scene in the movie happens, which is just Freebird playing while Nick Cage like gets dressed, yeah, and then gets in his car. Uh-huh. And then, well, he has a stare down with the girl and then he gets in his car and then the girl gets in his car without consent. She did on her own free will, but there were no words exchanged. I so... mean, not on Nick. Nick Cage didn't consent to it. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. There was no verbal can't, consent. He can't talk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it seemed, it seems like he liked it. <laughs> I guess. It was weird. I couldn't so that makes tell it okay. It, I couldn't tell if it was like a daughter thing or like a sex thing. It was very weird and hard to tell what was going on between yeah. them because also he doesn't speak, but he doesn't really seem horny, but he does seem into her. He doesn't really emote. That's true. Yeah, so they drive off and Freebird's playing and then immediately two of the worst scenes of the movie happen instead of that being the ending. <laughs> You're like, oh, it's finally over. But then the, sh- the siren comes out and lights the cop's car on fire. And says, welcome to, hope you had fun at Willie's Wonderland or something. I saw a lot of things saying that like, oh, and she kills herself and the cops. But like, I don't think she died because she no, just kind of shoots dead. off screen. Right. Yeah. So I think that's set up for a sequel. Right. And oh, um, I can't wait. I know. <laughs> you do see the explosion in Nick Cage's glasses, which I did like. That was kind of awesome. But the was explosion kind of nice. itself was terrible. Yeah, no. It looked like it was done on MS Paint. <laughs> and that actually, I respect. <laughs> it looked like Spy Kids 1 CGI. Yeah. And then he shares his soda with his new teen girlfriend. <laughs> his yeah, soda he... and or alcoholic beverage, we don't know. <laughs> God. And then the worst thing in the movie happens. What's the worst thing? They're driving and Tito stands up. And he's like, oh, oh yeah. no, I, I, I. And then they hit him and he like explodes. <laughs> the movie ends. I guess there was an additional scene or an idea that was cut where after Nick Cage leaves Willy's Wonderland, he pulls out a journal and he opens this journal and inside of it are the most haunted places on earth. Um, oh my like God. the Winchester house and all kinds of stuff. And then he takes out a Sharpie and crosses out Willy's Wonderland. Oh my God. Which I think would kind of track that that was cut. And then, cause at the beginning when he rolls up a very beginning after his tires are blown and he's in the um, tow truck and they roll up to the sheriff right. in town, he does give her a look like, I know what the fuck's going on here. Right, right, you know? right. So, sure. like, it kind of makes sense that that would be a scene in this film and that they didn't go back and change that earlier thing, but... I mean, that makes sense, and I kind of don't hate it. Yeah. Like, the idea that he's just going around the country, like, getting rid of all the haunted places is kind of mm-hmm. cool. And being badass. But they should have just ended the movie with Freebird. You can't top Freebird. <laughs> We didn't need them to hit the turtle. No. But a turtle being in the middle of the road in the country is also kind of like a thing. So maybe that's kind of funny. Fair enough. I didn't consider that. (laughs) Also down in Georgia, they hit Mexicans in the street with their Oh, God. (laughs) So that also is a nod. Oh, no. I I know. (laughs) Oh, we hate that. Sorry. And then we roll creds and we get the little cartoon Willie saying, like, remember, friends, the party never ends at Willie's Oh, Wonderland. yeah, there's a little cartoon. It's and then like it just... a that's all folks thing. Right. And then yeah. it just goes to credits. Mm-hmm. And that's I immediately it. turned it off. <laughs> I watched the credits, but there's nothing in them. Really. There's no post credits tease. Joker doesn't show up. No, but I always watch credits. I'm a credits watcher. 
I'm a real cred head. Oh, yeah, you're a cred head. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> That's what they enough. call me. <laughs> Respect. I don't feel like I've watched a movie if I haven't watched also the credits. Huh. You know, there's nothing in there, right? Sometimes there is. Just all the dumb people's names who worked on the piece of shit you just watched. <laughs> Who all suck and should never work again. Sometimes there's stuff and you don't know. Fair enough. Anyway, okay, so we rolled the creds. So um, do we have any closing thoughts, anything we missed, or we can go into rating this out of five? Well, on Letterboxd, I rated it one and a half out of Uh five Uh because the Freebird and the Nick Cage gave it an extra star. Otherwise, it would be a half star. Okay. Do you have any closing thoughts or you've said what you need to say? I think I've said my piece. I think it's a piece of trash. (laughs) <laughs> I think Nick Cage is good as always and I think Freebird's good as always. Mm-hmm. Everything else I really didn't like at all. Yeah, I think I mean I pretty much agree. I was so disappointed by this movie. I just thought it looked yeah. so cool yeah. and I'm so disappointed that it was so bad. <laughs> I know. It's a bummer. It, it has such potential as a premise and as Nick Cage and Everything like it had such potential to be cool um, and instead it was bad. And then after I watched this, I watched another movie that is similar and so much better and doesn't have any major actors in it. And they go, this is crazy. What was um, that one? The Banana Splits movie. Oh, sure. Have you seen that? No, but I've heard of it. Hmm. Well, next time. <laughs> All right. Just do animatronic <laughs> movies now? Yeah. Yeah. And th- that movie was so much. It was like everything that this movie. Sh- not that that movie was perfect either. Right. But like in many ways was like everything this movie should have been. And Interesting. Was not, it like exceeded in so many areas that this movie failed. And then I go now I extra don't like this movie. So yeah, I got to I'm going to give this movie one star, I think. Uh, and yeah, it, it's pretty fair. much entirely to Nick Cage. Yeah. Um, bless his heart. No he half does, star for Freebird. Freebird was fine. It, it maybe has like a decimal point in there somewhere. <laughs> okay, like a 1.1. 1. 1. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's, yeah, that's fair. Because I could listen to Freebird anytime. I don't need to watch the movie to get Freebird. Is this the worst movie you've done on the podcast? No. <laughs> what is? <laughs> That's a great question. I wish I just had a list of what I've rated the movies we've done on the podcast. The one that's coming to mind, um, and this is controversial, I think, but Crawl, I gave half a star. Oh, sure. The alligator movie. Yeah. I hated that movie. Okay. Um, there might be more, but... I would yeah, rather watch I... Crawl than watch this. Anyway. <laughs> I don't want to watch Crawl ever again. I don't really want to watch this ever again either, but I think I'd rather, I'd probably rather sit with Nick Cage than watch Crawl. Fair enough. That's the one that's coming to mind. There might be other half star movies. Oh, maybe The Prom. I hated The Prom. Oh, I didn't see that. The Ryan Murphy Prom. Yeah. Yeah. I heard that was real bad. It's bad and it's rough. James Corden doing gay face. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Those are, those are a couple that are coming to mind if you want to listen to it. <laughs> episodes about movies I hated on the pod (laughs) so I give this a star now it's time for Scream Vomit so in this part of the pod we just talk about whatever else we've been watching lately movie shows whatever so what you've been watching uh tony hawk documentary loved that oh yeah that, that was, was amazing good. okay cool best movie soundtrack i've seen in a minute too well tony hawk's known for his cool soundtracks right and they match they match the quality of the tony hawk game soundtracks for sure oh, yeah i watched windfall the netflix movie with 
Jason Siegel and um, Lily Collins and Jesse Plemons that I feel like is a very underseen, underrated little crime caper movie. It's very fun. I recommend it. I don't know if I've heard of this. It came out on Netflix recently and they just kind of buried it. And it didn't get the best reviews, but I thought it was a lot of fun. Well, um, I love Jason Siegel and Jesse Plemons. They're great in it. And Lily Collins, it's her best role, which is not saying much, but yeah. it is. Isn't that Emily in Paris? Yeah. Is that her? Well, sorry. But for her. she's good in this movie. <laughs> um, I watched the new Gerard Carmichael special, Rathaniel, which was really great. Yeah. Yeah, those are... Oh, well, I guess the two best things I've seen recently are Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Hell yeah. And Worst Person in the World. Mm -hmm. Two incredible movies. Two of the best movies I've ever seen. And I saw them in like the same week. I think Everything, Everywhere, All at Once is like, it's its own thing. Like, it's like life changing. It's It's an amazing movie. One of the best movies of all time. For sure. And I think Worst Person in the World is a really incredible movie. But I don't think anything can touch Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Fair enough. Yeah, that's tough because that movie was so crazy. Yeah, so that that's that's what I've been watching lately. I watched Severance, the TV show. Mm-hmm. That was great. The finale was great. I hear about um, that a lot, but I haven't watched. The finale is insane. I had like yeah. goosebumps when it ended. Yeah, been playing Lego Star Wars: The Skywalker Saga <laughs> on Switch. That's been the Hell best yeah. piece of media that I've ingested lately. <laughs> so you recommend? Yeah. Hell yeah. What about you? (laughs) Okay, I've seen some stuff lately. I went to see Spring Breakers in theaters the other day. Um, It was playing in the theater over here, and I had never seen it in theaters before. I've only seen it on my TV in my bedroom. (laughs) Oh, so so good. It was great in theater. Um, It was a totally different experience, and it ripped, and uh, there was you know, a good crowd there for it. That was awesome. I love Spring Breakers. Um, I love Harmony Korean. Yeah. I also rewatched kids recently speaking of harmony Korean, oh yeah um which i hadn't seen for like 15 or so years i hadn't seen it in a long time and what a great movie i know it's controversial or whatever but so good kids some of the best movies are controversial yeah you know and i respect um people who do stuff that makes people think <laughs> yeah totally i watched fucking them all um lucas moodison movie have you seen this Queer no canon. <laughs> but um, i have heard of lucas moodison yeah he has a lot of good movies it's like a beautiful uh lesbian coming of age story i think he is swedish so it's yeah. like a swedish film sounds great i had been hearing about this movie forever people always say to watch it and i finally did it's on youtube for free And I really liked it. I think Lucas Moodyson can write young women characters with such strange authenticity for being a middle-aged man. (laughs) Wow. I'll have to check it out. That sounds great. um, I'm doing one of his films on the pod soon. We are the best. So that'll be coming up. I've already seen that. It's a good movie. I watched Pal of the Pod. Nigel DeFries has a new movie called Wake Up Leonard that is doing festivals right now. So I finally got to see it. He's been talking about it forever. Um, and it was great. Nigel rocks, and he does really good in the movie. Rewatched bisexual short Unicorn by Charles Gould. Do you know him? He's a comedian. No. Um, and Matt Porter uh, directed it. And Charles Gould, famous bisexual, does really cool bisexual shorts. 
Um, oh, cool. And we love the re- representation. Um, Unicorns on Hulu. And it's funny. It's just like a cool little funny little short. I think those are the highlights recently. Those are the hits. And then I mentioned already the Banana Splits movie, which I liked. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. Dope. And I was also going to say Everything Everywhere All at Once, but you brought it up first. So Yeah, that movie, if you haven't seen it, go to a theater ASAP. ASAP. Go to the theater yeah. multiple times. Go ahead yeah. and just buy a five pack of theater tickets <laughs> yeah. and go see it because <laughs> yeah. it rips. I'm definitely going to go again. Plugs. Time for plugs. What'd you get the plug? Oh, in May, I think May 6th and 7th, I'll be in Trinidad, Colorado and Raton, New Mexico for the chief festival comedy festival so if you're in those weird parts of those (laughs) weird states you can come see me there hell yeah (laughs) and then just follow me on instagram at max beasley with two y's m-a-x-b-e-a-s-l-e-y-y and you can see all my other dates on there if you DM me, I can send you a link to my short. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's but about it. But it's private to everyone else who doesn't right. DM. <laughs> got a DM. You got a DM. <laughs> yeah, I think that's about it. Hell yeah. Well, yeah, that's it. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. That was super fun. Hell I had yeah. a lot of fun talking about a really shitty movie. <laughs> well, I'm glad you had a good time. I also had fun <laughs> things. Cool. All right, and we'll see everyone else next time. Bye. Yeah, I like kids.